The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Happy birthday, Christopher David Sims. You know, I was a C-section baby. I'm not surprised you were a C-section baby. Based upon the size of that melon you carry around. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> no, this. Phil Sims is not there at my birth. He decided practice was more important that day, and he came and saw me later that day. <laughs> oh, yes, it is that Happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Oh, thank you, friend. Happy thank birthday. you very much. Uh, you were at all your ch- children's births, right? Yes, all yes. C-sections, by All the way. C-sections. Yes. Okay, yep. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, my dad was not at my birth. He decided, you know, practice was more important, which I understand that because I was ready to miss my kid's birth, too, for practice. Um, I, I honestly, You were ready, but you didn't. I, I, you didn't it just to. happened. I got lucky. Ah. One was on a Sunday. The next day I had OTAs, and I probably wouldn't have been there for my daughter if we had OTAs. I'd have been like, okay, I'm here. There's nothing I can do anyways, all right? All right, yeah. so you, how did your dad do in the games directly following? He was – he was. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I should have yeah. I should have looked that up. You're right. It was 1980. Uh, I think he went into the season in 80 as a starter, but – I mean, he's we got to check these stats. Was, we'll, we we'll, got to find out whether it was worth it. We could find yeah. it, it's, whether it's worth it. But, yes, uh, yeah, my dad wasn't there. It is my birthday. Thank you very much. That is Liam McHugh, my man. 39, 39 years old. 39 years old. Isn't that crazy? Live I just it up, can't man. believe it. I just cannot it. freaking believe that One I'm going to be 40. last year until Gosh. you join the ranks. You know what I, got? I also found out? Next year, the, my birthday's on a Saturday. And Notre Dame plays Navy okay. in Ireland. Are we Ooh. doing that? I don't know, but I'm, gosh, that's a long trip. Okay. I don't think we are. Okay. I don't know what to say. I'm not saying anything on that one. I'm just pleading the fifth on that one, as Tom Brady said. But maybe we'll go. Right. This is is your 40th birthday. Maybe we'll live it up. I'll tell you what to look forward to. I went out to dinner uh, two nights ago with my wife, and I'm now in my 40s. Yeah. And I literally sat at a table where the air was on, and I'm like, ooh. It's a little chilly near the oh, vent. Old man And Liam. I looked over, my wife's like, are you kidding me? I, I was my mother, essentially, right. in that seat. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, Did you bring your deal. cardigan? Yeah, yeah. I felt like <laughs> just tying it up. And then I put my glasses down. They were attached to a nice chain, and so I couldn't lose them. That's good. All right. And then, um, all right, other thing I wanted to share, just because we're on the subject, and I brought this up on the show today, because I had my, my little boy, right? Mm-hmm. The kids started school today. I almost missed his. Uh, birth as well. I had a preseason game. I'm playing for the Tennessee Titans. We got to go to the Seattle Seahawks, right? And it's a, I believe, a Friday, and we're flying out to go to Seattle, right, for a Saturday night game. Okay. And uh, Thursday night, my wife, like middle of the night, you know, it's probably Friday morning, like one in the morning. Oh no, you know, it's I, it's coming, and I make a bath for her, and I was like, okay, yeah, lay in there, and 
we'll go, I'm going to go lay back in bed. And then like an hour later, she's like, can you help me? Because I'm worried about my game. And I'm fighting for my life at this point. It's, pa- it's post-spleen injury. I don't know okay. if I'm going to make it, all those seven things. Um, ultimately, first off, my wife's a soldier. She did the baby's natural, all natural. No, wow. No numbing. Oh, my God. No, nothing to make it happen. What the hell do they call that? That makes it, jump starts it. I mean, no, epidural, no, epidurals, no, nothing. nothing. Yes. She went totally natural. She was very into that. But either way, it's Friday morning now, and I know we're going to fly out about 12 o'clock. And it's like 8 o'clock, and 8.30 in the morning, and she's pushing, and she's at that point. But I was like, i got to call the Titans because the Titans are a little worried if I'm going to make the flight and how this is all going to work out. Well, I called the Titans. I'm talking to my coach at the time, Dow Logans, who's now the quarterback coach of the New York Jets. My wife is in the background. I mean – Pushing and my little boy yeah. was like eight pounds, ten ounces. She's making some crazy noises. Like, <laughs> and my coaches are so. Then he hands it off to my offensive coordinator, R.I.P. Mike Heimerdinger, who has since passed away. But he's like, What is that? And I go, That's my wife pushing. He's like, Oh shit. He's like, You're screwed. You're not making the flight. And I made it though, either way. So I don't even know why I shared that. But. I, well, I love that his reaction was, You're screwed. Not. Yeah. Get back there. Yeah. Hope it goes well. No, no. Early congratulations. Yes. You're screwed. Listen, I work with Eddie Olchek on right. uh, Edzo yeah. from hockey. Yeah. Uh, traded while his wife was in labor. They called the hospital Holy. and told him. Are you yes. kidding me? And he got the phone call. They dragged him out because right. he t- kept telling them no. Right. And then they dragged him out, and he came back in. He got traded to Winnipeg, too, of all places. Damn. And he tried to poker face it with his wife. And she's like, what's so, wrong? Yeah, what? like, oh, it's right. He said, my aunt's sick. They called. She goes, bullshit, your aunt's sick. <laughs> Where are we going? Uh-huh. Knew right away. Yeah, that's a horrible news for, yeah. a, for a wife that's trying to you know, start a family or, or hunker down in a place with a family. So happy birthday to me. Yes. Enough of that crap, okay? Yeah. All right, we I'll got say. some good stuff to talk about for news uh, this week. Definitely. Not, not a real newsy week, but a few subjects uh, I, I would like both of us to hit on here. Big thing is, too, okay, next Tuesday, I'm going to do uh, – are you here Tuesday? I don't think you are. I'm, but you're I'm in, headed out. You're I'm going to start heading out. Yeah, yeah and I'm there later that afternoon. Yeah. So I got Ahmed Farid, but Tuesday, either way, will be – I'm going to do my playoff predictions, my whole playoff bracket down to my Super Bowl, Super Bowl winner. So anybody wants to hear that, a little bit more of a deep dive of how I see the season playing out, that will be Tuesday. And then the other thing we're going to do, we're going to do a little AMA as well. Ask me anything. And here's the deal. You gotta rate and review my podcast, okay? If you want your question read on the podcast. If you rate and then within the review, write the question. We promise you 100% lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, okay? You like that movie? That was a good movie. Anybody's gonna watch that? I didn't that. see it, but it's, it's, the prequel it's an interesting to reference. Yes, to- right. We will focus. We, here. we will do that. And, stay uh, with the moment. Yes, yeah, stay okay. with the moment. So that that will be on the Tuesday podcast. But for today, it's NFC over-unders. We're going to do a little bit of a college football preview. Yep. And then we're going to hit on the news. I got my man, John McDonald, behind the camera. What's up, John? Good thing you're not wearing a flannel today in the middle of the summer. It's always good to hear. <laughs> he was wearing a flannel the other day. I had to call him out for it. And I was like, what's your last name? I don't even know your last name. It's only like 100% humidity. Yeah, most no, of the time I, yeah, I usually flannels, wear flannels in those flannel days. It's flannel weather. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good, good. Uh, yeah, he's trying to say it's cold in here. Right, whatever. All right, so let's start it off. All right, you want to hit some news? Let's start some NFL news. Yeah, All right, because uh, not a lot of breaking news, but we do have news that's continuing. Yes. Obviously, there are things that are going on, holdouts, and the top one is, in terms of news, Jadavion Clowney. Right. Because the Texans, at this point, have reportedly spoken with five teams about Jadavion Clowney. We've heard about the Miami Dolphins. That seems to be where 
the only one that's gained any sort of momentum right. because well, he's spoken he's, to he's, Brian exactly, Flores. Exactly, right? yes. But other teams here yeah. involved here, Philadelphia Eagles, Seattle Seahawks, Washington Redskins, and the New York Jets. Right who have expressed some level yeah, of yeah. interest in him. I get it. It's complicated, it's obviously. very. Because what do you give up for someone who, essentially, you cannot guarantee that you are going to sign? Exactly right. So Added to that confusion of what you're saying, a guy who's had microfracture surgery yep. on his knee already, so you're going, wait, okay, we like the player. We only get him for one year. We're not guaranteed we get more of them. And... You know, there's a, a very real chance that even if we do like him, we might not like the prospects of how his knee looks as we evaluate him through the year to where we want to sign him to a long-term deal. So it is a very So haven't you just talked the Dolphins right out of it? Yes, the Dolphins are right. That's why he hasn't signed the tender. Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. No, right. right. If you're building for the future. Right. I would think so. Yeah. Exactly right. They are void of difference makers on their defensive front, so I understand them wanting a player like that. And Jadeveon Clowney, let me just state this. You've heard me talk about, you know, the fuck the playoff yeah. stat, right, how I like to talk about it. He, This guy is – he's up there in the league leaders. You yeah. can't just look at the statistics when it comes to Jadeveon Clowney. He is a wrecking ball – uh, you know, in a china shop or whatever they say, right? Isn't that how they say that, right? No, like, like that's it's not like, how they say It's a no? bull in a china shop. Oh, that's yes. right. Well, you he, know me. But I would imagine you don't want to have a wrecking ball well, in a china no, shop. No, that's, that's danger. Yes. The, the China's going to get broken. It works just as well. <laughs> right, right. And really, what's more likely to happen, an actual bull in that china shop or a wrecking ball? I, I actually think a wrecking ball Did you say wrecking higher. bull, by the no, way? No, I said ball. Okay, I, I don't yes. know. <laughs> sure. I could have. You know me yeah. in English. We're not that good together. <laughs> Um, so, but that does need to be stated. He is a phenomenal football player. But with microfracture surgery, first off, I think is probably top three scariest injuries for any NFL franchise. That I'd say, I would say patella tendon, and then maybe something to do with your neck are the three scariest yeah. things. Because I think we're seeing Ach Achilles and ACL tears. Guys are coming back fairly quick from him now. So it's it's a different day and age with just some of the technology, the surgery techniques, and all of that. That being said, yeah. all right, so let's cross him off. Let's yeah, say let's Dolphin should be out. Yes. Because if out. you're building for the future, why do this at this Right, point, and I don't right? think he's going to sign the tender if he feels like he's going to get traded. He's going to just go, fuck, I'll sit out. I won't okay. do anything. Right. Do And he, there's what? Some talk that he would prefer? Yeah. And why not? He right. would prefer the Eagles or the Seahawks. Of course, of course. Um, I would imagine why would you want to go to the Redskins at this point? I, I, I think there would be a similar thing. It's yeah, just too many unknowns there. Unless you knew that they maybe were going to give you a contract where you go, oh, okay, they're going to pay me, then maybe that sways him to do that. But I think just from the purely, I want to come back to that in a second yeah. because I think that's interesting as well. But yeah. do any of these teams make sense? Uh, yes. I, I think if the Jets, Eagles, and Seahawks all make sense, okay? The Jets are certainly – they've been looking. They were in the Khalil Mack conversation last year. I still think they're – they're below average with what they can do off the edge of their defense as far as just disruption. Got a lot of guys I like on their defensive line. Nobody on the edge that's a true threat. Um, they have size, strength, things like that. They're going to have to rely on Greg Williams and his blitzing ability to kind of do that. Ultimately, I don't think the Jets are going to do that either. I just would be scared to what are you going to trade for the guy? I think that has a lot of what dictates this conversation too. What are you going to trade for him? And the Jets are a team that it's – in the right direction, you would agree. They're going yes. in the right direction. I don't think we all expect them to win the Super Bowl this year. I think the greatest is they get in the wild card. The worst is like they're 7-9 and nine or something like and that. And this trade doesn't guarantee that they even get the, in the wild card. No, it, it does not. It just brings them closer. I yes. Mean, it, it makes them more of a – if you can be a concrete right. borderline team, yes. it makes them more it, of a I right think that's there, a right? great way to put it. So it doesn't make a ton of sense. What would you give up? What would you give up? 
for a guy that you cannot guarantee will yeah, be there. Yeah. And obviously for a guy who's got some injury. Right, problems. right. What would you give up? Oof. I, I, I mean, I think realistically, because of the risk you're taking, I, I can't imagine. It's not going to be a first-round pick. Wipe that out. I don't think it can be a second-round pick either. I really don't. Not for the way this is all play, playing out. And I, those who are watching, I mean, it's on the board. And yeah. Leo Max up there. And you're obviously not going to get any kind of return like that. Right. Because you're talking about one of the elite of the elite. Right. But you look down the line and look down at maybe like a D Ford. Yes, I can see that to a degree. The only problem is, you know, they did it at a time when you could still sign into that long-term deal. Exactly. And that's what do- that was done. So that takes away the value of Jadavion Clowney as well. What about the idea that I can't sign you to a long-term deal? Right. And I can't announce that I'm going to sign you to a long-term deal. Right, but we got to under the table. But I am shaking your hand and letting you know that this is going to happen does that happen? I, How I, often do, do you think something like that goes on? I, I mean, I think that goes on a lot in the NFL. I mean, under the table agreements and, yeah, you know, hey, if this guy comes in here and works hard and does everything we ask, you know, we promise you we're going to make him a, a true big-time offer when the year is over. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, goes unless on. Yeah, he gets hurt. Exactly. Yeah. But there's the risk unless of that again. Hurt. Oh, yeah. gosh, you know, we said that, but we know he has this bum knee and he kind of hurt it yeah. twice during the year. So, you know, again, I don't think that's a, like a nef- – de- a realistic possibility with this particular conversation. So I look at the Eagles and the Seahawks as being this team, the two teams that are in this race, and I think they should be because these are teams where I think they're in the Super Bowl window, and they're saying, yep. mm, this guy can make us go from like, ooh, we're a legit Super Bowl contender to we're one of the lead Super Bowl contenders in all of the NFC, right? Where, I, I mean, the Eagles, I think, are already in that conversation. Uh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- what they're doing right now is just going, gosh, we get a guy like this, even if it's for a one-year rental, we're ready to win the Super Bowl right now. And why they want him is if a Brandon Graham gets hurt, or last year they had Derek Barnett, their first-round pick from 2017, who got hurt. This gives them insurance to go, we have a If you win a Super a Bowl, it, it really doesn't matter. Though, exactly. Right? Right. It, it really, paid off. What do you think actually happens? What, I, do, what would be your prediction at this point? Um, I think at some point here in the next week, he's going to sign his tender. And I think he's going to end – I don't know why I think he's going to end up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. I really do. He doesn't have an agent. Right. The team doesn't have a GM. No. I know. That's, that's what's weird. Yeah, and I think that's, again – this even further. That's another yeah. issue here. I mean, again, I think if there's a GM there, Jadeveon Kani isn't driving to the facility and hearing on the radio that he's on the trade block. Yeah. And then he goes, damn, I'm not. turning around and I'm now coming. That's what happened. If there's a GM there, I don't know if any of this goes down. I think there might have been more of a plan in place in general to – work with this Jadeveon Clowney issue. I brought this up on PFT yesterday, and, I mean, Eagles fans might not like this because I know this guy's a legend, but the Texans need offensive line help. That's what they're in the market for. Jason Peters, he's got an injury history as well. He's yep. getting up there in age. He has a one-year $6 million contract, okay? That would be a guy where I – if I'm the Eagles, and they have some young offensive linemen – uh, who I think are pretty damn good. They yeah. just drafted a first-round offensive tackle who's who's capable of being a franchise left tackle. Or maybe they move him to the right and they make Lane Johnson the left tackle. Either way, they it's could It's interesting if you don't want to part with picks. I'm right? just I mean, throwing that out yeah. there because, again, and it's the same thing. They both can argue the same thing. You know, the Texans are going to go, well, he's kind of got an injury history here. And they're going to well, go, well, what are you giving us your Yeah, guy. exactly. And yet so. we're going to be paying, you know, $10 million more for your guy. So I, I, it's really interesting to see how it plays out. But if you made me bet, I'm saying signs a tender here in the next few days and ends up on the Eagles week one. Wow. Yeah, that's what we might be money. pretty cool to watch. All it right, let's move on. Uh, Jimmy G. Let's start with him because oh, yeah, great headline, right? Uh, <laughs> says he likes to throw into coverage during the preseason to see 
how his receivers fight for the ball. Oh, so there it is. Oh, man. That's why some of those oh, that, that was are it. into tight uh, windows or maybe some throws. You're like, oh, why did he throw that one? You know what they call he's that? Challenging them. Oh, he's challenging them. And yes. I. Yeah, I, you're, you're not buy buying <laughs> erroneous on all accounts? I, I'm, I, I don't know about all accounts, but come on. Come on. This no, is, no, I don't buy it at all. This is that? a phrase my father would say. He would go, CYA. And I was like, you know, I used to be like, CYA, cover your own ass. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Cover your ass. That's what that kind of comment is he's trying to justify the fact that he's made some absolutely ridiculous reckless decisions not only in practice but in some of the preseason games and even last week the the Chiefs game was certainly a lot better than than the week uh, two performance against the Denver Broncos but there were still a few throws in that game where and you who go, was what he, the hell and who was he going against yes exactly he's going against back exactly I mean, right yeah so so yeah I mean he really is. I think he's trying to just kind of calm the fans, calm the the conversation around him right now where everybody's worried. I mean, he's he's one of the biggest questions in football right now for a team that's in a huge year for coaches and the GM and the organization in general. I, I mean, come on. You know, you've been around enough great quarterbacks no, to know, like I, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady aren't going out and going, let me throw into four If he had triple coverage. With a smile as a joke, it would have been such a great line. Right. And we'd actually just yeah, move on be, from uh, this. Yeah. And, and you're like, you know what? He's cool and calm. He made a joke. But he was yeah, serious. But he's confident. No. And I want people at home to know that all those shows that they watch me do, and it seems yeah. like a, I'm completely unprepared yeah, for, right. it's just me trying to challenge my analysts <laughs> to, to be better. <laughs> yes. That's it. Really. You've done it. You've made, made me better. You've made me better. Exactly. So <laughs> don't look this way, guys. All right? <laughs> I could have prepared. That's why I like you, yes. your little your snarkiness. <laughs> You're exactly right, though. I mean, that's what he's doing. Uh, and just, you know, again, like, like you said, you've been around enough great quarterbacks to know, hey, do quarterbacks push the limits a little in, in preseason practice? Yes, okay, but it's with, like, one-on-one -on -one coverage. Sure. Let me throw the ball up and see if this guy can go up and make a play when everybody else is covered. It's not – you know, to the extent where we saw in the Denver game where it was just like, oh, gosh, I don't know what it is. Let me no. just throw it out there and see what happens. I mean, that was, you know, those were some crappy decisions. And even then in practice, you know, I think he's trying to cover up for the, you know, so the, the five interception practice that we heard yep. about two weeks ago. All of those things. Again, I know interceptions are going to happen in practice, but that doesn't mean you just go out and just lose your freaking mind and and just the, all your, your quarterback intellect and just go, oh, I'm going to try the, the throw crap in there and see who fights for me. I'd also like to say say that, yeah. you know, not so subtly, he kind of throws his receivers under the bus. Well, Because I, if I'm throwing them, if I'm throwing contested footballs out there to see if you can fight for the football, and I throw five picks, so I'm basically saying, you I put it out there contested. for you, and you didn't go and get That's it. That's an interesting so angle, too. If I'm a receiver right now, I'm not feeling so great about uh, this. I, I, you know, I didn't even think about that, Liam, but I'm sure there's going to be some receivers in that locker room go, oh, so we weren't fighting for the ball? Yeah. Is that what he's trying to yeah. say? Or we, we weren't good enough to win those that horrible throw and that horrible decision you made? Yeah, no. you you know, and you've been around enough great quarterbacks to know they're like type A psycho perfectionists. <laughs> where you know, again, like I said, they might throw a go ball down the sideline in preseason practice or something. That's one on one, but they're Different. looking to go like perfect every day in practice. I mean, you go to all, you know, I've heard so many stories whether it's Brady or Peyton Manning. Or they, 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 people go to practice and they go, the ball never hit the ground. It's I mean, a big it talking was, point about Ben Roethlisberger during uh, training camp right yeah, now. Right, not throwing picks, even though actually he's throwing a couple, but well, they're sort of not counting them. But the idea is like to have this perfect can't it is he wanted to shut up some of his defensive backs oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure and they, and again it's a position about you don't you don't practice bad habits I mean if you practice bad habits then I promise you 
that game comes around and you're going to have some bad things happen to you. So, yeah, I think that was total just propaganda, damage control, and I'm not buying it. We threw the challenge flag. Al Riveron overturned the comment. That's a good segue because we're yes. going to go right to more quarterback talk and challenge oh. flag talk because yeah. John Gruden, some interesting comments here. Right. Okay. Uh, headline will say, like, he wants Derek Carr to air it out. Yeah. And fine, you have Antonio Brown. Why not? Mm -hmm. right. All right, throw the ball deep. Right. Throw the ball downfield. But a big part of this is because, and this is a quote from Gruden, we got to throw the ball down the field. If it's incomplete or we get the catch, we can always challenge. Yeah. And that's the new world we live in, right? right. Going to be a very, very subjective call this year. Of course it is. By yeah. its nature, it's subjective. Yeah. And we're going to try to be more aggressive. And why not exactly review any tight play down the field is there going to be some contact yeah and if there's contact it's subjective why not take the risk i i, I agree or now, why bring it up and yeah. why announce you're going to do it i don't know that that's that's really the question yeah. and 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 just in my john gruden thesaurus dictionary you know this is cryptic talk for my starting quarterbacks not being aggressive enough in practice right now he's he's too worried about his completion percentage in practice and i signed this guy antonio brown who i feel like has had some you know advantages on one-on-one -on -one coverage down the field and he didn't put it up because ooh, it was just a little tight so let me throw the shallow cross for four yards you know they got him jj nelson tyrell williams are all big time downfield threats liam to where he wants to he wants to push the limit, you know, expand the field, make the defense have to think about what might happen behind them. It's going to open up the run game. It's going to open all the short passes up to the tight end and Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. So, uh, and, and we're in a different age in the NFL. I, I really do think, like, the age of, like, 75% completion percentage and all that stuff is going to slowly go away here because teams – uh, defenses, they've seen all these screen passes and wide receiver screens and short passes to where, okay, maybe the Saints can get away with it, but the Saints have Drew Brees and Sean Payton who are masters at doing that along with one of the best run games in football. Yep. So they can kind of manage it. But for the rest of the teams in football, explosive plays are very important to dictating who wins and losses. Oakland can't win that way. No, right? they're not going to win gotta that way. they got to figure out ways to win with what they have. And with what they have. They're going to have to have their playmakers make plays. And he's putting pressure, I think, on Derek Carr right there, just going, you know, stop trying to manage your numbers or trying to just walk away from the day and go, oh, I didn't make a mistake or my completion percentage was this. I think he's saying, I don't care. We're, if we throw a few more incompletions, it might add to still more pressure on the defense ultimately. And he wants to scare defenses that way. And Derek Carr, I do think the last two years, has kind of thrown too many change-ups. He, he lost his heater, his aggressiveness to yeah. a degree. And I know he's been injured and had some crap players around him. But he does need to kind of get back to that form we saw the year he almost won MVP. MVP. I know. MVP he was going to win it if he doesn't get hurt. You just want that swagger. Right. You want that. And maybe, and maybe that's what Gruden's trying to instill I here. I think that's part this of it. It's going to be one of the most riveting relationships yes. to follow throughout the uh, uh, entire season. 100%. Um, and you know Gruden. Yes. Not everybody can deal with the personality. No, you cannot. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It is going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, I mean, amazing. Between Antonio Brown, Gruden, and Carr. Those couldn't be three different personalities, and let's see if they can work out. You want confidence. Yeah. You want personality. How about Jalen Ramsey? Oh, okay. what? Yeah. All right. Week one, Jalen Ramsey, Tyreek Hill, one-on-one, yeah. -on -one, and Ramsey's already out there saying, I'm going to be shadowing this right, guy. Right, right. And you're going to be in here. You're going to be yeah. in this place yeah. watching all the games, all the screens, how – locked into that matchup are you going to be I, I mean extremely would be one of my favorite one-on-one -on -one matchups to watch in all of football in week one um first is uh Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in football for my money 
Second is Tyreek Hill is the most dangerous offensive weapon in football. You know, he's he's can do it all. I mean, he's just so explosive, so fast. Big thing is this. You know, Todd Wash, the defensive coordinator from the Jacksonville Jaguars, he came out and kind of said that. And I know some people were going, why would he say that? What would he do? Well, maybe they're going to throw a few curveballs at him, too, to where, you know, now Kansas City prepares. Oh, gosh, Jalen Ramsey's going to follow him everywhere. And maybe they're going to have a few situations where that won't be the case just to kind of change it up. Either way, I don't think they care. They're comfortable with Jalen Ramsey being on an island. He's capable. Nobody covered Tyree Kill better last year one-on-one yeah. -on -one, than Jalen Ramsey versus Tyree Kill. Tyreek Hill had what? Was it four for 61 yards? Four for 61. He was targeted seven times. Yes. Chiefs won. Right. 30 and 14. Right. And the majority of those yards came on one play, a fade down the left sideline where Jalen Ramsey tried to really aggressively jam him at the line of scrimmage, missed, they hit the pass, whatever else. Four for 61 when you're man-to-man -man on Tyree Kill for – 80% of the game, that's yeah. a victory. That's a victory. I'm just saying, most most DBs in football, if they had to go a whole game or 80% of the game man-to-man -man against Tyreek Hill, it's going to be 9 for 180. I mean, it's going to be something yeah. like that. So, uh, I, 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 this will be a good test for Tyreek Hill because Jalen Ramsey is a very tough matchup for him. He's long. He may be not quite as fast as Tyreek, but it ain't far behind. And, of course, we know they have a really good defense there in Jacksonville, too. I, I can't wait to watch this. Do you like it better? When one guy, especially someone who's supremely yeah. talented and confident like yeah. Jalen Ramsey, do you like the idea of him shadowing? I do. I do. I think with a Jalen Ramsey and you, you drafted him as a top five draft pick, like what, what, what the hell did you take him for then? I mean, you know, and if you're about to pay him, you know, the Brinks truck and, and bring it out, this is what he has to earn his money for. This is what top tier corners do. And, it, and this is where he's special. And this is why he deserves to be the highest paid corner in football. Stephon Gilmore, who I think the world of. Yeah. New England didn't – they were like, eh, I don't I – don't, I don't. he's one of the three best corners in football. They were like, nah, we're going to let Stephon Gilmore take Sammy Watkins. We'll double-team Tyree Kill. And I think that says a lot, too, in its approach because, you know, there's only – I mean, Jalen Ramsey might be the only guy in football who I could really trust to say he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. I mean, yeah, Tyree Kill might make a player, too, but it's not going to be like, oh, the game was ruined because Jalen Ramsey was on Tyree Kill. No, I think this will be a very even matchup. I actually think Jalen Ramsey will end up winning it uh, when all said and done. So, Jalen Ramsey wins that matchup. Who do you think wins that game? I'd, I'd, Are you picking? Are you? That's a scary game. I mean, that would be one of the games. I don't even know what the line is, but I'm not scared to take Jacksonville. Yeah, you offensively, you got to think they're going to be a little bit better. They're at home. Exactly yeah, right. I, I that defense is going to be pissed off. And yeah. they're, they're going to be pissed off not only from the way the season ended last year, but that you know Kansas City scored 30-something points on them. That's, that, that group will take it anything personal. I mean, they, so they will find a way to be ready to go for that matchup. Yeah. I still yeah. like Kansas City. Yeah, I hear you. I, but, but it's but on the radar I like as it an lot. upset. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think there's potential for that to be a tight game, really interesting game. And then that brings us right back to the Patriots. Yeah. All right, let's mm -hmm. get back. Final yeah. news, piece of news here is from the defending champs. And obviously, you have David Andrews, the center. Uh, scary situation. Very scary. Blood clots. Right. You don't want to hear blood clots. No. Nope. You definitely don't want to hear blood clots anywhere near the lung right. area. And that's what he's dealing with. Going to be out a significant amount of time. So, here's what the Pats do. They're making a few trades for some guys who you're going to the internet and checking out who exactly are these yes. guys. Who are they working their ways in? Right. Now, if it's other teams right. that are scrambling for this particular situation, yeah. you'd be a little nervous. Yes. How do you feel about the Patriots in this situation? I don't feel nervous because they're always like a step ahead. It's like – it's. They're making the move at the appropriate time. They're not waiting for the next injury to happen to then go, oh, gosh, whoa, we're now we're in trouble. They're going, man, if we have one more injury, 
we're in deep crap. So they're making the move now. This is why New England is New England and why we talk about them so much. I don't talk about them just because I want to. I talk about them because I think they're the great talking point to tell this is why they're special and this is why everybody should take notes, fans, other people in the NFL, everything. They're always a step ahead of the game. Do they have a replacement for David Andrews, who's one of the better centers in football? Yes, Ted Karras. Yep. But Ted Karras, the big thing is, is he's kind of their swing man interior yeah. offensive lineman. So now they're not – they got some young guys who I like on their team, but I think they're looking at that going, gosh, if Ted Karras or somebody else gets hurt now, I'm not so sure I trust our other guys quite yet because they're young and unproven to jump in there. So what do they do? They go and call the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. who literally have – 320-pound offensive lineman growing on trees. I mean, they do. It's a big tree, let me tell you. I mean, this is a big leaf. Massive, massive tree. Yeah, yeah, really big, like, uh, you know, branches and everything to hold that. But they're they're stockpiled. And so they trade for Jermaine Elamanure. I always mess his name up. Sorry. Either way, kid out of Texas a and yeah. studied him a lot out of the draft, played some tackle, can play some guard, started a few games for the Ravens last year. Looked like he was going to be the starter for this team this year. But what really happened is – I think that – I mean, I, I, to back to the point of Baltimore has so many players, and I think so many of them have performed at a high level in the preseason. It gave them confidence to go, you know what, we can, we can move yeah. on with this guy. We're good. And, you know, whether it's uh, their rookie, Ben Powers, number 70, Bradley Bozeman, uh, he's a, a second-year guy who played a little bit, number 77. They have James Hurst there, right? I mean, their offensive line is, is stocked. Uh, you know, they got a bunch of other young guys, too, that are contributing. And I watch them on film every week and go, damn, I mean, it's just the first team O-line, the second team O-line, it doesn't really matter. They are capable of dominating. Also traded to get Corey Cunningham, yep. a guy from the Cardinals, who's played a little bit. And obviously they liked in their scouting. But I think all these guys are swing guys, right? They can play interior O-line. They can play the guards or the tackles in a desperate situation. And that's why, again, New England just going, you know, we're not going to let one more injury ruin our season yeah. or ruin our offense. So let's get ahead of this right now, and uh, I think those were good moves by them. Yeah, and it feels like, I mean, the Pats have this, uh, you know, if there's a banner that hang, would hang over the facility, it's the idea of A, a next man up. Right. And B, you know, listen, there's Tom Brady, but it doesn't feel like a star culture. I mean, Tom Brady takes less money. Yeah, so no, it's not a star succeed. culture, you're right. And it feels like the offensive line mm-hmm. is where that's centered. I agree. Right? It's, they, that's an aspect of their team that gets overlooked too much. Yeah, it's, it's coaching, it's scheme, it's just yes. it's an ability to make do with what we have and to do it well. Yeah, it, it just is one of those things that goes overlooked with New England because it is. It's easy to get caught up in, you know, Brady and Gronk and Belichick yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, Trey Flowers when he was on the team. Last year. You, get, you get a little obsessed with those names, but then you sit there and you go – Damn, it's one of the best run teams in football. Why? Well, damn, their offensive line is really freaking good. They pass protect really good. You know, there's just so many things that are so well built within that football team, and they're never going to lose the battles up front. I mean, that's just New England. I mean, it's Bill Belichick. He's from the Bill Parcells school, the New York Giants, the old days. I mean, they believe in being the bigger team on the field and the more physical team and winning that battle first. That's where the game plan starts. The game plan starts in New England every week is how are we going to protect the quarterback? And then it grows from there. It really does. That's how it goes. And, and they, they figure that out, and they adjust their game plan accordingly to figure out how what works best for their offense, their offensive line, to give them the best advantages in their schemes and things like that. And it's just part of their brilliance and part of their two years of uh, dominance in, the, in football. And we will see them.
Week one. I oh, I'm, that's week another one. one. I'm pumped for. Yep. Sunday I'm, night football. Yep. New England, Pittsburgh, and yeah. we'll see if the Steelers can. Oh, because that Steelers can go into Foxborough. Yeah. I know. And I get know. a win. Um, and we'll also get to see what the Steelers' offense looks like. One of their no best chances ever. No Le'Veon Bell. I know. I know. Yeah. I think it's one of their best chances ever to go into New England though, and win a game. I do. All because right. I think the way that New England plays last year, and I think they're going to play somewhat similar, that running attack, two back formations, that plays into Pittsburgh's hands more than, let's say, five, four years ago when it was spread the field and the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't stop the passing game at all. That's not what they're all about. But you want to play smash mouth, Steelers are going to be comfortable. I, I, I agree. I mean, listen, you, you look at New England's situation at tight end. Yes. Without Gronkowski. Right. And now with suspensions. Right. All right. So they're light there. No. Uh, receivers are certainly got some question marks. Yeah, I don't know. And I think there are weapons emerging for Pittsburgh at receiver uh-huh. in Washington. Uh, obviously, Smith-Schuster's there. I'm fine Vance with them McDonald. at running back, obviously, yeah. without Le'Veon Bell. Right. And we just talked about offensive line. Is there a better offensive line? Yeah, I, the one it, the it's, it's certainly one of the it's best passing. Be there, it's right? up there, without a doubt, Liam. You're right. That's what I mean. So they're just from those things you just said. Not saying they go in there and win the game. No. But I would just be shocked if, like, the Patriots steamrolled the Steelers yeah. this time. I mean, if the Patri- Patriots win, they win by a field goal or four points or something like that. I, I just think that I think the Steelers have looked really good in the preseason. I, I think they're a team on a mission. I'm pumped for that game. Yeah, and obviously, I am we're too. pumped for the opener with Chicago oh my gosh. And Green Bay. I get and, chills uh, thinking yeah, about it. We're, we're there, man. We are there. It's close. We're there. All right, what are we on to next? I don't even News know. News is done. Oh, that's right. I got to read a read. It's, it's, oh, hey, wait, listen, damn it. This is the podcast Hold with your on name a second. On it. Figure out what you're doing here. Well, either way, I forgot my damn cards in my office. Um, I know I got Mike Tarico's, but I had things written down that I wanted to talk about. And, John, do you want to go run in the office there and get them? Thank you, John. John we'll take McDonald, care of this in post. Don't worry. The man, the myth, the legend. No, um, no we we're going to right. just go with this. Yeah. And this is called Chris is an idiot, and he's not a very good host yet. <laughs> But the Mike Tirico podcast? Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, you know Mike he wouldn't. Well he wouldn't let this happen. No, definitely no, not. He's no, Johnny Professional. Not He's at all. all over it. Yeah. But either way, I don't even know. I know I got something to read about his guests and everything else like that. And here it is. Ah, <sighs> thank you. Thank you. That was okay. Yes. New episode this week by the Mike Tirico podcast. I mean, come on. Mike is the man. Super size season preview. Dungey, Rodney Harrison. Good gets. And, Good gets. How do you get those guys? I mean, and Mike Florio. It's not that super size. <laughs> that went down. I just yeah. I totally lost its luster. Just started with Florio uh, built up. And you'll hear me on there from time to time. Those will be the really ones you should tune into. But Sunday nights and Wednesday, Mike Tarico podcast. And Tarico, he can pull just about any guest he wants because he's freaking Mike Tarico. Yes, exactly. He's kind of a big deal if you haven't heard. Yeah, you don't have. He's not asking twice. No, he's, he's asking not. once, and I go, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're, you're exactly right. All right, we're tight for time because okay. you blew it with that. Yeah. But we're going to move on. <laughs> NFC, over-unders. Yeah. These are all via FanDuel. And let's start with the Cowboys. Okay. The Cowboys interesting, obviously, because of Ezekiel Elliott. Yep. And we don't know where he's going to be to start the season, uh-huh. if he's going to be there, and how long he may not be there. So you have the Cowboys there at nine, over-under. What do you think? Okay, so, I mean, I'm going to sound like a total wimp right off the bat here. I think I'm going with the push. With the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Is that purely just because of Zeke? Uh, a little bit. Um, it's also Cowboys are a little bit of an up-and-down football team, okay? Guys like Byron Jones yet to be out there. Tyrone Crawford yet to be out there. Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. Got question yeah. marks there, okay? I expect the Eagles to be better this year. I think the Giants are going to be more of a pain in the butt. Uh, they're going to have to play a first-place uh, in your division type of schedule. Yep. I think all those things scare me a little bit. And, of course, the Zeke thing being the biggest. You know, again, I, I, I know the roster is talented in Dallas. 
But Dallas's way of playing a little bit is just like, hey, we have really good players, and we're going to be simple on both sides of the ball, and we just think we're going to kind of out-physical you and out-speed you all over the field, and we're, gonna, we're not going to make big mistakes, and we're going to beat you that way. That's tough to win games yeah. like that consistently week after week. So Dallas is one of those teams, I, and I said I'm going to do that whole playoff thing. I'm, I'm on the fringe right You're, now. Really? I don't know where I'm going to go there. I'm, I don't know where I'm going to go. And I'll tell you, this is what really scares me about the Dallas schedule a little bit. Early on, it's not that bad. I do think Giants week one is going to be a little scarier than people realize. Okay, then they got the Redskins and the Dolphins, certainly better than those two teams. Saints, Packers, Jets, Eagles. That's a pretty good stretch yeah. right there. You know, and it's at Eagles and, I mean, at Saints and at Jets. But this is the real part that scares me. We get to week 12. It's at Patriots, Buffalo at home, who I'm just telling you is going to match up really good with the Dallas Cowboys. Buffalo was the number two defense in football. I, okay, but okay. If Ezekiel Elliott's back and he's healthy well, I, at that I, point and everyone's healthy I, and you can't beat Buffalo at home late in the season. We'll see. Then, we'll see. Then they shouldn't be in you're your right. playoff bracket. You're, well, you're, you're right. Okay. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you're exactly right. So we'll see. But that, their stretch schedule with the Patriots, Bills, Bears, Rams, Eagles, and then Redskins at homes, it's just tough. So I'm That's picking real, a push. All right. Okay, I know okay. they were 10 and 6 I'm last say, year. Go I'm, ahead. I'm going to say, because we don't have time, yeah. I'm going to say the over here. I'm going to say, but I'm saying 10, and I don't say that confidently, obviously. I don't because know either. Of, just because of Ezekiel Elliott. I know. But I like them to start 3-0, and although I, the Giants game can be a little tricky. I think they win that game, they start 3-0. I, I think there's a very good chance. And I chance. think if right. they finish strong, they get there, they yep. get to 10. Okay. Giants are at 6 right now. Uh, where do you have the Giants? I know that feels about right, but you can't take the number every time because – then there's no, no point in doing this. So. I, I, well, I, you're right. <laughs> I think the Giants are one of those teams. This is a great number for them, right? Right. And I found the NFC to be easier than the AFC, honestly. Okay, second team in a row, I'm going push. I'm going push. I'm going 6-10. and 10. And I, I don't mean to be a cop-out. Trust me, I'm not going to be a cop-out as we continue over here. I believe this is my – I have one more push out okay. of the rest of the NFC, okay? But I'm going push, all right? I don't see – them being 5-11, and 11, I think they're going to be a 6-10 and 10 team who's going to be a real pain in the butt all year long and probably lose a handful of games late in the football game. Uh, whether it's Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, I don't know what it'll be, but I just think the Giants are on the right track. I just don't see them winning more than in that. a lot of games if because they, of maybe Saquon they go Barkley, seven and of course maybe control the football exactly bit, right yes I mean maybe seven and nine I just think they're on a team that's on this arc but they're not there yet as far as a playoff caliber football I, team I don't know that I believe in their defense yeah. I don't believe in their receivers at all right um secondary is certainly questionable and I just don't want to see Saquon Barkley become Ricky Williams yeah uh I know right you hand the football off to him like 40, 50 times. Yeah, and he gets killed. And then, and, yeah, yeah and, I know. And, I know. you know, by the time they get a team around him, he's disgusted with the game. Uh, so you're, right, I, you're right with that, John? John's a Giants fan. He's wearing his yeah, Giants exactly. collar shirt today. I just, I know he was over there shaking he, his head. I can yeah, see it. Yeah, he already he picked the way. over. He yes. put everything yeah. he had on the over. Shocker. Um, Shocker. Six seems about right. That was I'm a actually, tough one, though. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go with you're six. Gonna go I push? Think I am. I yeah. think the number's right. The next one, the Eagles are nine and a half, and I'm going to go, I'm over. I'm over, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to really waste my time talking about this. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the best teams in football, pissed, focused, everything about it. And then. They and managed to go nine and seven last year and didn't play good for like seven weeks in yeah, a row. Issues, still went nine issues and seven. at quarterback. Uh, Nick Foles comes in. They yeah. go win in L.A. Uh, no, I, I think if their quarterback's healthy, you know, like yes. you mentioned, Super Bowl contender, I think that's over. Redskins six wins. To me, this is easy. I think it's under. 
I'm with you. I, I, I think this is an easy pick. I, I don't. I just there's things I like about the Washington roster. I mean, their D line has some potential. Their O line with Trent Williams is good, but there's questions there. Yeah. You know, running back. You know, hey, we'll see about Darius guys. He looked better last week, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the running backs are just they're game breakers all over the place. Wide receivers. I mean, there's nobody to no. be scared of. Nope. Right. Jordan Reed is hurt every other week. You know, secondary, got some issues there. I, I'm with you. I just don't I don't see it for the Washington Redskins. I don't think the team's ready to be anything more than that. I'm going under. I don't think they win six games. All right, and then brings us to the Bears, who we're going to see week one NFL yep. opener. Bears at nine and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, it feels like I should be confident going over. I know. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I, I think there's – we talked about this last week when we were all together, uh, all the guys from Football Night. Right. And this idea of what it's like to have expectations as opposed to going into a season like the Bears did last year. Right. Where it was sort of a little bit of an unknown mm-hmm. and you were hopeful. That's fine. Right. This isn't hopeful. No. It's a different – This is major expectations. Right. And I think if things start going poorly for you, it can spiral – I'm tempted to go under here. Yeah. And not by much. I, right. I could see them being a nine-win team. But you're picking the over, you're saying? No. Are you I, going I'm, under? I'm going to. Okay. I don't feel great about it. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of talent there, but I think there's massive expectations, and I need to see Trubisky take another step. He has to take another step. I think the division's extremely tough. I think it's tougher I than I think a lot that's the big see. point. Yeah, exactly right. I think that's the point right there. The division is better, so that's it scares me too. Okay. I know a lot of people in Chicago are worried about the defense with the Chuck Pagano. I'm actually not worried about that. Chuck Pagano is a really good defensive coach. Plus, you know, he was in Baltimore. Vic Fangio was in Baltimore. There's going to be a lot okay. of similarities. I'm not worried about that, all right? I mean, Chuck Pagano went to the playoffs with some Colts team that, I mean, we're just sitting here right now, and we asked 20 people, nobody can name a guy on their defense. I, I'm sitting here, and all I do is breathe the football, and I'm like, damn, as I think about it and say this, I can't think of anybody that was on those damn defenses either, you know? So – He's a really good football coach, and he gets the most out of his team, and this is the most talented defense he's ever had since maybe he was in Baltimore. My thing is, like you said, Trubisky, we do want to see him be a little more consistent and surgical with passing the football. I think the Matt Nagy offense is a hair overrated, okay? I do. Not that I don't like it, but people sometimes, I think, put him in the class of, like, Andy Reid and McVay, Shanahan and McDaniels and Sean Payton. I'm just like, no, I'm not there yet with that. I need to see a little bit more. But I am going to go over here. I am. I think the team is too good, and this is one of my big reasons. Their first five weeks, Packers game will be tough. That's a thing. Yes. Uh, To me, if you're going over, and they start 0-1, and they still have to play at Green Bay. Yes, I know. It's it's scary. But but then it's at Denver Broncos, which I know never easy, but they're better than Denver Broncos. They're better than the Washington Redskins. They got the Minnesota Vikings at home, and then they got the Oakland Raiders. I look at that stretch there yeah. if where they, they should be feeling pretty good going into a week six bye going, okay. At the very worst, I look at it and went, mm, they're three and two. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. don't see it being worse than that. I just think there's too much talent on the team, and uh, I ultimately think that I, I am going to pick them to win the division. I know that, and I'm going with the over. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tough one, though. There's a lot. It's, that's it's a just not division. easy, and, and I feel like if you ask me tomorrow, I may have a totally different opinion. Right. I, I, I'm back and <laughs> forth. Uh, uh, we'll move on yeah. because I don't know what to make of it. The Lions, uh, six and a half. <sighs> and where they're, do you stand on one. this? Because they are a tough one. They're improved, but they're in this division. Yes. And I know. Uh, wins are going to be tough to come by within the division. I know. Uh, so, the Lions are one of those teams where if you told me they were 5-11, and 11, I'd go, uh. If you told me they were like 9-7 and seven and snuck into the playoffs, I'd go, huh. 
I'm not shocked. Like, it's not shocking. Um, but the Lions, I'm going to go over here. Barely. I wrote barely okay. next to it. Okay. So they're a seven so I'm going in seven, seven yep. and nine. I think they are going to surprise people. I think their offensive line is phenomenal. I think their defensive line is pretty damn good. When you start to look at the names and the size and, you know, uh, their front seven in general, I'm impressed with. I worry about with the Lions is just playmakers in the pass game, and I think T.J. Hawkinson, their top ten pick, will help that. But, you know, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, they're good, but I'm not going to sit here and just go, oh, gosh, teams are going to be like, what do we do? How do we cover Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones? No, we're not at that yet. Yeah. And then I do work at their secondary and go, you know, Matt Patricia is a great defensive coach. There's only so much he can do to cover some of the – he's not going to be able to, like, do what he did with the New England guys and, like, match them up. They're not at that level yet on their roster. So I'm going over – uh, but barely yet. Yeah, I think okay. it's like an ugly seven and nine, seven and nine season. They're another team that I hope they don't panic if they do go seven and nine or six and ten and fire Matt Patricia. Because I think that really this is the first year they have players that somewhat fit his system. And I think if they had another good offseason next I year, that, that team could really make and, a big. And jump. I do. I really think you have to factor in their division. You have to factor Again, in how difficult it no is doubt. to get wins within the, in the division. Uh, they're a weird team for me because I was there. Uh, Sunday night football when they beat the Pats at home and nobody saw that coming yes. and that stayed with me. I know. And there's always a thought if they can beat the Pats at home in a situation like that, <laughs> right? Why, how can I not pick a team I know. to get and to didn't just wins? win? They kind of dominated yeah, the game. Exactly. I know. That's, that's crazy. I, I like them at seven. I think seven seven's a good number. Yeah. So I would take them. I wouldn't. Yeah. Seven's good. Then there's the Packers. Yeah. And they're at nine. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming, based on your love affair with Aaron Rodgers that you're going. I don't oh. let my love affair go crazy. I don't like just go, oh, I love this one person and I'll. How about this? How yes, about but... all the additions on defense yeah. and uh, okay. offensive line should be a little bit better. I... Yeah, no, I know. They should have a run game, you know, just because Matt LaFleur, Nate Hackett being there. Um, my biggest question is Matt LaFleur and the offense. Yep. I mean, I, I don't think he was worthy of getting this job right yet. You know, I, like I've said this a lot. I, I think he's a guy that certainly was on my radar for being a future prospect of being a head coach. He didn't prove to me he was ready last year with the Tennessee offense. I certainly didn't turn on film and go, whoa, this is some groundbreaking stuff. 27th in the stuff. league in offense. Exactly. Right? I mean, there there yeah. you go. So, yeah. exactly, I mean, that, that, that to me is a little crazy, and that's a big unknown for me. I'm going push. This is my last push, I promise. Okay. I'll just make sure. Okay, this is my There's last push. a lot of push. teams left. I know. But this is my last push. Uh, and I don't know. I have, like, I'm, again, Tuesday, I'm going to have to really sit down this weekend to go, am I going to put the Packers in the playoffs? I really don't know. Now, the defense is going to be better. They, we know that I'm hoping there's going to be a little bit better of a run game, and it is Aaron freaking Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want. He's still worth a few wins every year. But, you know, other than Devontae Adams, it's kind of unproven at, at that position. You know, Jimmy Graham's certainly been underwhelming at tight end yep. to this point. So I have those type of questions that I don't think Green Bay is capable of just running away with anything. To where, yeah, I'm going push. I kind of picture them as a nine and seven football team. If they get in, they get in like because of a tiebreaker because they're nine and seven. Top to bottom, yeah. top to bottom personnel right. on that team, yeah, compared to last year's Green Bay team. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a better team, much better. Okay, I mean, then you're you, putting a lot on the coach. I, I am. I'm putting a lot on the coach. I because. Their defense is a lot better. Yeah. Offensively, didn't really do anything. I mean, they're just weapons-wise. No, no weapons-wise, yeah. it's nothing. But their defense, I do think, can keep them into a lot of games. So where, you know, I, I again, I don't think the pressure of Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, oh gosh, I have to go out and score 31 today and throw for 330 and three touchdowns and no interceptions, and that's the only way we can win the game. I mean, that's really what he's been under the last five but, or six years. But consistently. 
I'm in the fourth quarter and I'm going to make something happen. But if, see, that's that's where the defense might be able to yeah. like, hey, we don't, we're not playing good, but we've held this other team to 17 points and yeah. we're in it. Yeah. And now you just got to make some magic here the yeah. ha- and happen. And, and that could be the reason they go 9-7 or 10-6 and six or whatever else it is. But, yeah, I'm going push there. Packers 9 seems about right. I'm going to say over. I say they get to 10 wins. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which brings us to the next one. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are a tricky team for me. Because uh, uh, you look at skill position. Yeah. And I think it's mesmerizing at yeah, times because uh-huh. I think you look at Dalvin Cook and you're like, well, again, big ifs. If he stays healthy right. and their receivers yeah. and Cousins bounces back, uh-huh. but there's so many ifs. Yes, so many ifs. And they were a disappointing club last year and it never seemed to gel. So I'm tempted. I think nine's about right. But because I'm not going to take any more pushes at this point, I just won't do it. I'm gonna say that they win eight games. You're gonna say they win. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going. I'm going with the under here yeah. as well. I am. I, I don't feel it with the Minnesota Vikings. And when I say I don't feel it, I mean again, you mentioned a lot. And there's a lot of positives about their football team. They're not gonna fall off the planet here and be like four and twelve or anything like that. Um, my big questions again, I think are it's Thielen and Diggs are the really the only two guys. I'm not so sure I feel necessarily confident. I feel confident that their run game will be better because yeah. of Gary Kubiak, and he has proven that he knows how to run the football, whether he was with the Houston Texans or the Denver Broncos when they won the Super Bowl, that Shanahan scheme. But Kevin Stefanski is a huge question mark for me, again, as the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you know, I just don't – I got to see it to believe it before I buy in. Plus, I always do this too. I think they're – you know, their offensive line is going to be better than it was last year. But I also look at their defense and go, you know, I, I think there's some names there that aren't as good as maybe we okay. make them out to be. I have questions about Xavier Rhodes. I mean, he was getting toasted last yeah. week against the Arizona Cardinals. Trey Waynes has not lived up to his first-round expectation. So I have issues there. Their D-line and their front seven, it's thin. It's been thin. It's been one of their biggest issues. They lose one guy, and they're in trouble. Sheldon Richardson's not there this yeah. year. You know, hopefully ever see, and Griffin jumps back. But, yeah, ultimately, I'm with you. I'm going to go under here. It's a weird team, right? It is. It's, if you play fantasy football, you look at the Vikings. Oh, yeah. And you watch their games. You're right. Because it's loaded with guys you're going to see. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's those top-shelf names exactly. where you, you might get fooled. But for some reason, it's not adding up. No. And, and, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the Lions. I don't know if you feel the same way where I go – Gosh, if they were seven and or seven and nine or six and ten, I wouldn't be shocked. If they eked into the playoffs, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. Oh, exactly. Either, you know, because the Vikings, there are players there. Right. Uh, so yeah, it right. shouldn't shock you if they're there. Yeah. But I think they've I missed know. their window. I think this is this could be, if they go seven and nine or something like that, even eight and eight, they might semi kind of blow up the team and have well, to restart. A lot of skill guys are young. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, all right. So. Let's move on. Let's go to the yep. NC South and go to the Falcons. And to me, this is I'll start with this. This is an easy one, and I'm going to back it up that much, except for the fact that I think they have a bounce-back year and they're yeah. healthier. Mm-hmm. The Falcons, eight and a half. Yeah. That's an easy over for me. Okay. And, and I know the division's going to be tougher. I right. get that. Yeah. I, I just I think there's too much there. I, I, it's, it's a scary one. This is another one of the toughest ones, I think, in the NFC. I am going to go under. Wow. I know. Now, I mean, again, Liam, if they, I won't be shocked if you're right when all is said and done. The preseason scared me a little bit. They've been dominated up front, okay? Uh, That bothers me. Their offensive line has had real issues protecting, okay? Um, I have questions about Devontae Freeman, you know, the running back situation. Devontae Freeman's been banged up a little bit. I do worry that he's got to that stage of his career where he's a small guy who runs physical, and he might be, like, a little beat up and worn out, right? Ridley and Julio Jones are going to go off. Yes. I don't doubt that. 
A little bit like the Vikings, though, too, on defense. They're very thin, where I just go, man, one injury, two injury, there's a tremendous drop-off. I'm not a huge fan of uh, their corners on the outside. I love Keanu Neal and Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett and that. I do. I do. But then, you know, top-tier pass rushers off the edge, okay. I mean, there's some good there, but I don't know if there's, like, some game-breakers there. I'm just not sure if, the, if I look at it that way. I think they're going to be a real pain in the butt. But, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm kind of a little, little, well, I'm curious little because, low on them. Well, so you have them under eight, eight and a half. Yeah. And that brings us right to the Panthers, who are at seven and a half. And my guess is if you have Atlanta under, then you have the Panthers over? Aha! Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm very high on the Panthers. I am. Um, and it's funny for me to say that I'm not high, like, literally, okay? That might happen later this week. No, we'll, we'll clip that yeah. audio. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll make it work. But, yeah, hand. thank you. Yeah. But Carolina, uh, yes. I, I look at this team. This was a team that I was kind of all over before the start of the season last year to say watch out for. Yeah. And I was feeling real good when they were 6-2. and two. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, we had some injuries and Cam Newton's shoulder, and, and things went, you know, down the, down the toilet. But – I think it's the most talent Cam Newton's ever had around him before, okay? With Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore is going to be a superstar. I really do believe that. Christian McCaffrey, we saw how dangerous he is. Uh, don't forget, they still got Greg Olson there uh, at tight end, who's been hurt a lot. But the other guy that they played last year when he did get hurt is Ian Thomas. Big thing is, though, the O-line's real for the first time in a while. And then I look at their defense and go, front seven, nobody's just going to bully the Panthers' D-line. Uh, and, and I kind of like Bradbury. And the, uh, the other kid they have from Louisiana, their corner, he's really fast and a, like a rocket. He's got two rockets up his ass. He just Everybody's going to have to believe me. He's really good, okay? Um, it's actually driving me crazy. Dante Jackson? Uh, yes, exactly right. Thank you very much. That's Don't exactly worry, that was someone in the control Oh, okay. You, you said, said two, totally correct. Oh, you said two rockets up the, they, up they knew, and they were they like, I know what exactly I was talking about. Yeah, talking I just about. look at yeah. them that way, and I go, yeah, I like, I like the offense, Norv Turner, has orchestrated around Cam Newton. It's a, it's got a great little old school smash mouth football, aggressive down the field passing with like some college read options, spread options stuff uh, on I, I, the edge. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I'm worried about Cam Newton, obviously. Yeah, because that's, he's coming that's off a big shoulder question. Surgery. He right. gets injured during the uh, preseason, and now you know it's. it's I know. It feels I know. like I'm waiting for something bad to happen to him. Uh, That's the key because if he gets hurt, they're screwed. I just tell tell you that they're backup yeah, but, two I mean, quarterbacks. You can basically, say that about most of these teams we're talking well, about. Well, I mean, a lot of you teams, go to Atlanta, yes. it was the same thing, right? Yeah, like if yeah, the quarterback right. goes down, I mean, yes, you know. Atlanta, I, I do believe but, that. That'd be one. But you're right. Too. I mean, the number from seven and a half goes down to like oh, I, I three mean, and a half. I, if I, it's, they're no they're new. Here's my problem. Yeah, go ahead. Everyone keeps telling me to watch out for them. Yeah. I know. And I don't know why it's just not sitting well. Yeah. Everyone's telling me, and when everyone's telling me something, I hear maybe you. it's just my nature, but I feel like not listening. Yeah, okay. Uh, I got I you. I feel like tuning it out at this point. I get point. you. Uh, that being said, they should get eight wins. I, I, it's seven and a half. They should get eight wins. I, I, I'm fine with them there. I'm a little bit more conflicted about the Saints at ten and a half. Because yeah. I think ten win team, I, I see that, and I think they are a Super Bowl contender, but if the division is better, ten wins yeah. seems about right. So I'm, I'm tempted to go under just because I think they're a 10-win team. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going 10 wins as well. I, 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 that's exactly right. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's under, but I, I still think the Saints are a playoff team. Now, whether I think they win the division or not, I'm not sure about that yet. But, you know, I do think there's going to be a little bit of a hangover from last year. It's another year of Drew Brees who, you know, again, even in the Jets game last week, I'll just say this, he did some good things, don't get me wrong. But there was a few throws with his arm where I just go, damn. Yeah, he got that in there. 
You know, but it was like, I mean, everybody met at the ball at the same time, and his guy caught it, thank God. And I just don't know if you're going to get away with that all the time. Uh, and I do think it's hard to just be the king of the NFC for three yeah. straight years in a row and, and what they've done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still a believer in the Saints. It's hard to overcome what they've had to overcome the last few years, but I still think there's just enough good on the team. And Sean Payton and his toughness as a coach and his creativity, I think just gives them enough of an edge to where I go, ooh, they get back in the playoffs. And if they get back in the playoffs, watch out. That'll be scary. And I always worry about teams, regardless of sports, who feel like they could have won it all. Yes. Things had broken differently. Uh-huh. And that's their entire offseason. Yes. And they have to focus on that. Because to me, it's hard not to at this point like think, oh, end of the season playoffs. I can't wait till we get there so we can prove everyone wrong. Well, guess what? You gotta play a lot of football before then right. just to get to that point. So I worry about those teams a little bit on a little bit early on. Yep. So I have an under, under, you have you under, under but you're, you're, we're, we're under close. with like a barely, yeah. uh, like I think a barely playoff under. team. I, right. think, I think they can still win the division. Yep. I think they can get 10 wins, but I'm going to go under. That leads us to the Bucks, okay? And there are these pretty large expectations for the Bucks because right. new coaching staff and what can Bruce Arians do there? Jameis Winston be a different yeah. quarterback? It's six and a half, mm -hmm. and I'm going to say I don't think it's going to change that much, wins and losses. I think they're going under six and a half here. And I know a lot of people disagree with this, and they expect them to be a lot better. I don't. I think the division's too tough. I like them at, like, six wins, at five wins maybe. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I, I think ultimately when I have to sit here and, and really try to figure these things out and I look at the schedule and look at the roster and look at, you know, just other teams in the NFC – I'm with you. I'm going under with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it'll be maybe a six-win six win type of year. I just, um, you know, again, uh, you know, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, that combination, I got to see it a little bit there. I, got, I don't trust Jameis Winston totally yet. You know, I know, you know, they still got Evans at receiver, who's certainly dangerous. Mm -hmm. The run game in general, I have questioned. Bruce Arians is not famous for his run game, and Tampa wasn't good in the run game to begin with. Yep. Okay, so that bothers me. Defense, there's some things I like. There's some young talent there that I think, like, the arc is going in the right direction, or the, the arrow, I should say. But I don't know if there's enough different difference makers there for me to go, oh, yeah, no, this team is, whoa, they've turned the corner. They're going to win nine or ten games this year for sure. No. I'm definitely not. You know, they have a lot of size on their defensive line that I like. They don't, again, they're another team I look at on the edge of their defense and I go, there's just not enough there to scare teams yeah. coming off the edge or make plays to get strip sack fumbles or sacks in big situations or sacks to close out games when they might be winning by three with three minutes left. Uh, those are the little things. I mean, this league is so close. We know that. And it's those little things that I think put teams over the edge a lot of times. I think it's more likely that they are drafting a quarterback in the first round than they are going over six and a half. Mm, I, yeah. I, I just I think this yeah, is it. Right. It, it feels that way. And maybe I'll be surprised. And uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them because I root be, for the Bucks, But It'd be great if they were interesting yeah. and they made this division a little bit tighter. There's just too much unproven. Yeah. you got to see it to believe it. All right. So then yep. we go to the lowest number. In the NFC, uh -huh. which is really no surprise at all. No. It's the team that picked number one overall and selected a quarterback in Kyler Murray and has a new head coach that Cliff Kingsbury didn't exactly – listen, he put up offense. He was yeah. interesting, but right. didn't win a ton of games no. while he was in college, and now he's in the pros. No. And he's got a young quarterback. Yeah. And the expectations are, for me, that they'll be exciting, but not win a lot of games. I, and the number's five. Yeah. I'm going under. Yeah, yeah you're feeling under, yeah. too. Yeah, I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't see how it can really be done. I, and, again, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is a little bit in that category, like we said with Matt LaFleur, where I go, 
he's always been on my radar for making that jump at some point. But I don't know if he's ready yet. You know, I wish he would have learned maybe some more offense from one or two other guys instead of just the air raid and, like, him trying to maybe figure out a thing or two. You know, I really think maybe the best thing would have been for him is to maybe go to the NFL and work under somebody else for a while, learn some more schemes and ways to attack teams and things like that. But ultimately, not enough talent at receiver. Uh, O-line's still not good enough. Out of the fact that I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury's run scheme is going to do enough to really scare anybody anyways, I got to see the passing offense inventory. You know, again, he's going to have to prove that to me. And I'm rooting for Cliff. I think Cliff's an awesome guy and a smart mind. I just think he doesn't even know what he doesn't know yet. I really don't. And then the defense, the same thing. You know, little pieces here and there. Of course, Chandler Jones is still a beast. Yep. And Buda Baker at safety, I like all, all of that. But I just don't know if there's enough difference makers there. And that's a, this is a tough division, the NFC West. No, and I, I don't think the expectations are that great anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, yeah. think you get, no, they're not. Uh, I don't think you get this head coach and this quarterback and think, all right, got to go out there and immediately be a drastically better team. I think this is a slow process. And I think you're going to see some amazing moments. Yes, exactly. Mixed you're in right. with a lot of, like, of whoa, learning experience. Yeah, that was really like, crappy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think right. you're going to see that a lot right. more. So right. I'm under with them. Uh, and here's one that's really interesting for me because it's the Rams. And you have a team that went to the Super Bowl and only put up three points after leading the league in scoring. And we know what happens to teams often that go into the Super Bowl and disappoint what happens the next year. But this is McVay, and he says he's refreshed in the offseason. Mm. Ten and a half wins for the Rams. And I'll, I'll let you lead because I'm tempted to go under, but if you could sway me. You do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going under yeah. that. I'm going under for the reasons you said. You know, I just think um, it, it's tough to bounce back that way. And, and, again, it's really tough to say under because, I mean, I think so much of McVay and Wade Phillips, and I know there's the talent on that football team and things like that. But, you know, I got to see McVay that have reinvented himself a little bit before I can just go, oh, yeah, they're, oh, they're, oh I was wrong. They're a 12-win team. Like, I got to see it. I, I do think the NFL kind of caught on. I think Vic Fangio and Belichick alone gave a lot of people a bru- blueprint on yep. this is how you slow the Rams down. Um, it's an offensive line that we know was not that special to begin with. Whitworth a year older. Gurley, his issue. Enormous question. Right? Yeah. Cooper Cup coming off of ACL. Uh, you know, the NFC West is going to be better. Uh, they're playing a, a true first-place schedule. they got to play against the AFC North. Uh, those things, they scare me. Uh, there's no other way to put it. And it's the AFC South they got to play, too. And I always am big in just looking at the start of the season. Yeah. And the start of the season at Carolina, you know, New Orleans Saints at Cleveland on, I believe, on a Monday night football game. You know, that's a scary start. I wouldn't be shocked if we were sitting here going, the Rams are one and two out of the yeah. game. And what's going on with the Rams? Do they have the Super Bowl loss hangover that you're talking about? Yeah, and I think you mentioned a lot of ifs there in terms of injuries and guys improving. And then there's, you know, listen, the quarterback, I wouldn't mind seeing him take another uh-huh. step here. Yes, in, he needs to. In, turn of, in terms of this becoming really just his team. Right. It is, but I, I want to see one more step there. I, I agree. Um, He's got to. I, I don't know. It seems like a lot. I'm – I'm with you. Yeah. I'm going to say under. 10 and 6, 9 and 7, right in that area. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. All right. So this is one we go to, and the 49ers, I'm interested. We just talked about Jimmy G earlier on. Gosh, Uh, I know. Wants to throw into coverage in preseason (laughs) because he's testing those receivers out. The number's eight. Uh, There were only a few where I didn't have to go and dig and do a lot of research. It just felt right. And the under really feels right. It does feel right. It does. I I know. I, I don't have 
great expectations for this team. Uh, I think this is an under. I think there's going to be a lot of disappointment here. Um, I'm, I'm scared of that, too. No. I am scared. I mean, hey, come on. We know total transparency. You know I'm rooting for the 49ers. It's, it's one of yeah. my best friends in the world and Kyle Shanahan. And I haven't talked to him, really. I have no idea how he feels about his team or anything like that. I try to – I'm, you know, Johnny Media member now, so I try to stay away and not make him feel uncomfortable or get in those kind of, kind of, kind of conversations and do that stuff. But <sighs> they're a team that – yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, as we mentioned at the start, is one of the biggest question marks in all of football. Now, let me just say some of the positives that I do like. The O-line is good. The D-line, their defense in general, I think is going in the right direction. You know, D Ford, Nick Bosa's injury situations and their history alone scare me. Quan Alexander at middle linebacker. You know, I guess what I would say here is I kind of I, – I, I am going over, okay? But it's ugly over. Okay. Okay. Like okay. I'm gonna say maybe nine and seven. I almost wanted to put a push here too. Yeah. Um, I think desperation a little bit is big that's, in this case. That's fine. Yes. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know. This is one of the one teams where I'm really uncomfortable with the over under where I place this. I don't know in general. And you know what the weird thing is? You want to take preseason, and we say it all the time. Yeah. Especially if it's your team mm-hmm. and they're not doing well in preseason. Right. You know, preseason. Who cares? Right. But this is one of those where preseason has, has affected my opinion. Yeah, right. It, it has. And you don't like the look of what I you've don't. seen from Garoppolo I, and I, things like that. I yeah. don't. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't feel up with this way. It doesn't feel crisp. Yeah, I, I um, agree. And know, well, yes, I mean, and I, I'm with you. It's I, really, really scary. I it, wouldn't bet on this one. I know that. But I it's also bet. preseason. It is also you preseason. Know, and, and you don't want to make too much of it, but I, I'm under there. Uh, and we finish off with the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, Damn, that was – I don't know. I feel like it was a lackluster answer by me for the 49ers. Just, no, I, listen, I knew this was going to be difficult. Yeah, that's a difficult one for me. But I also think if I had asked you a few months ago. Yeah. And we knew actually – well, we knew less right. at that point. I think both of our answers would be over, and they'd be a little bit more emphatic. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, he's all he scared the, the, the shit out of all of us, for lack of a yeah. better phrase, Jimmy Garoppolo. He has. And I, I'll tell you another thing that scares me. You know, they have found ways to shoot themselves in the foot the last two years – and the injury history of the 49ers the last two years. It's a real thing. It really does scare me. And especially, like I just said, with Bosa, Nick Ford, I mean, Nick, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, yeah. Quan Alexander. I mean, these are guys that have been hurt through, through their career, and that scares me. A big thing I think that will go a long way with the 49ers. They play two teams to start the year that they're more talented than. They should, on paper, they're better than the Buccaneers and the Bengals. But they got to go. Yeah. They got to go. They're a road games. They're on the road. Where I go, if they end up two and two, or two and zero oh after the first two games, I think they make that over. Yeah. If they go one and one or zero oh and two, if they go one and one, I'm like, oh, I don't know. If I don't. Oh and two. If they go zero oh and two, forget it. Yeah. It, it, it's not going to happen, and then we could be looking at six and ten or something like that. Yeah. All right, let's finish up. Yep. Seahawks at eight and a half. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The Seahawks are one of these teams where if you Start to bet against them to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Something happens. Yeah, and Russell, of course. Wilson, Russell Wilson takes the snap and runs around in about 10 circles and makes a play, and something happens, and all of a sudden you're hey, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. What happened in Seattle? Right. So uh, nine wins feels like a possibility. Yeah. And I'm going to take the over just because I feel like the Seahawks just have this ability. Uh huh. Ability to hang around. Yeah. Be there. And be a pain. You know they're going to compete and yeah. play physical and, and do the right things in situational football. That's what they do. They don't ever ruin games. They don't lose games, the Seattle Seahawks. And then, oh, yeah, they have a quarterback that's like, if he has the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter and they're losing, you go, 
they're probably going to win. Yeah. Because he's going to make he's going to run around and make the damnedest throws you've ever seen. And you're going to go, okay, that's why they pay him $35 million a year. I mean, that's the reason. You know, and it's not always easy playing. The big thing with them, I guess I look at this. I think their offensive line is fixed. I really do. I have faith in the offensive line, the run game. They showed me enough last year to go, ooh, things are on the right track. Okay. The biggest thing I guess I look at more than anything is receivers that scare them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, receivers in that offense are not necessarily like as compared to I might look at other offenses and go, oh, they needed some receivers or they're in deep trouble. No, they, they play a different style of football. Plus, they have a quarterback who's just different than most quarterbacks in football, too, who can get away with it a little bit. The defense, I do think, is going to be real. Now, now Jerron Reed early on in the year. Ezekiel Anza just getting back to practice right now. Their first-round pick, LJ Collier, who's been hurt all through training camp because he had a really bad ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. That kind of scares me a little bit. But I think ultimately I look at the over here all the way. I'm with you. and uh, This feels like a December push. Yes, right. For them to try to get in the playoffs. Right. Might be ugly early on yeah. in the year. And yeah. we're going, gosh, they're 4-3 and three yep. or they're 3-2 and two and they've won ugly. But they're just going to continue to work and, and kind of perfect their craft of how they play. And, you know, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're the ultimate, other than New England, four-quarter football team. They really mm -hmm. are. And they want to beat you up physically. And, I, I, yeah, I do. I like the Seahawks this year. All right. So those are the over-unders. We did it. We did it. We made it through. I liked a lot of my research where I said, this just feels right. Oh, well, I, I, I think there's some of that. I mean, you're not, you know, it's just what feels right is, is some of what I do, too. I mean, it's, this part of the year is a little bit gut. You got to look at, like, hey, you play the percentages, like you said, with the Rams, where you just go Super Bowl hangover. History just says it's, it's not that good for the team next there year. It is. I mean, sometimes you got to take that into account. I like it. Thanks for backing me up. No problem. Yeah. I mean, the gut's important. No it problem. Is. I'm here there. You know. <laughs> Your health starts with your gut. Didn't you know that? It's true. Buy probiotics. That's true. Okay. You get a sponsorship. Yeah, I know. I would. I'd be all over that. Okay. Next read. Okay. You ready for this? I've never been more ready for yeah, anything in my life. Yeah, you love my reads, huh? You best. love my hosting, That's the whole huh? reason I come here. You can't be. Yeah. You're probably like, how the fuck did they let this guy host something? I don't get it. Peter King podcast. Okay. Check that out. Peter King this week. He's got Carson Palmer for his thoughts on Lux retirement. Okay. And Carson Palmer, I've been around him before. Such a good dude. Other guests, Philip Rivers, Peter King, always funny, always quirky, going to ask all the right questions. Certainly a good listen. I love Peter. You need to check that out. I'm excited for that. I want to hear. Thank you. I want Thank to hear you. from Philip Rivers. Yeah. No, Philip Rivers is a great interview. He's always. a great interview, I mean, and, that team's, and that team's fascinating. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. I know. All right, so are we going to talk a little college football? I think we are. All right, we're not going to be at Notre Dame for a little bit. Yeah, we got three weeks. Yep, they yeah. start on the road. Right. Um, they start with Louisville. All right, yep. but we want to go through this. Let's start just with a quick Notre Dame preview because we will be there. They will play New Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, listen, they have a couple home games that seem a little light. They have New Mexico. They have Bowling Green, but their schedule is tough on the road. They do yes. play Georgia. They play at Michigan. Uh, this is a team with big expectations uh, there are a few injuries already at receiver. There's an injury at right. tight end, which could prove to be big. Uh, but it has no question at quarterback. None. It has an offensive line that should be pretty darn good. Yes. Uh, and it has major questions at linebacker, but it has a couple of defensive ends that should strike fear into every quarterback out there. Given the schedule yep. um, 
And given what Notre Dame has going for them, and I think their coaching staff is elite at this point, um, you know, I think offensively Chip Long is one of those up-and-coming coordinators right. who's going to be on the radar for a head coaching job. What do you expect from Notre Dame? I, I think Notre Dame is going to be a really good football team this year. Like, the, like Notre Dame's not falling off. They, they got it rolling yeah. right now. I, I've been around enough football in my life. I was out there at practice a few weeks ago to go, whoa. I mean, okay, is this team – Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, no, they're not quite there on that level, but don't get it messed up. I mean, they're not going to be, like, run off the field by any of those teams. And I know most people are going to go, oh, well, they lost to Clemson the way they did. All right, Clemson was special last year. They ran Alabama off so the Alabama, field. Yeah, exactly. The game was 9-3, to three too. I'd like to remind everybody, 9-3 to three Clemson with a minute 58 left in the first half. Yeah. And then they had a corner get hurt. They – you know, stupidly, they'll admit, put a corner that they felt was not prepared against one of those Clemson freak receivers, and all of a sudden, you know, they were they were losing uh, twenty to nine at, at or twenty to three at half. So it, it all turned in such a short period of time. They have good offensive line, like you said. Yeah. That's not that's not going to and stop. that's year in year out. Yeah, exactly yes. right. So get used to that. They got NFL offensive line. Yep. You mentioned the defensive line. There is there is legit three NFL defensive ends. That feels like top-tier SEC. It is. Yes, right I mean, there. yes. Uh, when Dalen Hayes is your backup defensive end, yeah, incredible. you're going, oh, our team's pretty good. He's yeah. one of our backups because Julian Aquara is going to be, if he has a good year, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Yep. I mean, he's a special pass rusher. Khalid Kareem, the other defense end, he's going to be top 64 pick. Okay, I'll just throw that out there okay. now. It's very early, but I'm going to throw that out there. So, then, you mentioned the linebacker concerns. Yeah, there's a little concern there. They're, they're missing Tavon Coney and our man Drew Tranquil. Yep. But, yeah, uh, and it's production and leadership. Yes, they got, they're missing both. But there is some guys there that I – I mean, Osmar uh, – Bilal, okay? Yeah. Uh, Osmar, right? Yeah. Bilal. Osmir. Yeah, Osmir. I was right yes. the first time. Yes, Damn, I right. choked and I, I was right. worried. He uh, – is still very capable, knows what he's doing, an incredible athlete in the middle of the field. I'm not so sure at linebacker they're not going to be more athletic, which is the positive yeah. I look at. That's okay. one of the things that really jumped out to me. And then Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, okay? You like that? I that said was that. impressive. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Hold your applause, please. At home. Yeah, there are a couple names on Notre Dame where oh, you have to well, say them gosh. quickly. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm, that I'm, guy, number six, when we get out I'm there. I'm excited. Yeah. Mike Tarico. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what I saw in practice from him, the, the improvement, and again, I'm not saying he's as good as Drew Tranquil, but I will say this, his ability to cover and space against tight ends and slot receivers, that will be a notch up for them this yep. year. And their secondary, I still think, is good. Watch out for this freak freshman safety they got. And uh, is, is it Kyle, Kyle Hamilton? Hamilton? Yeah. Yeah, he's, this is an elite recruiter. They are very high on it. Though, he's going right? to be there for three yeah. years, so they need yeah. to play him this year because he's gone after three the way it looks right now. He's like he is a special, But special they have athlete. a real nice blend of that youth and athleticism yes. and experience in the a secondary. Exactly. Yeah. It's a strong secondary. It is. Yeah. It's a strong secondary, and they're really well coached. Clark Lee is one of the better defensive coaches yeah. in all of football. Offensively, okay. You mentioned tight end, Cole Komet, right? Yeah. He's injured. That stinks. Uh, Michael Young. Michael injured. Young, injured. Receiver. We don't know we're going to yep. get there. Right, another g good job by you. I mean, there's no quarterback issue anymore. Ian, no, it's Ian decided, Bucks. which is interesting because, yeah. you know, I mean, that's something that in the Brian Kelly history. Yeah, we questioned almost every year. It, it's just been the way it is. Yeah, yeah it, it exactly. is. And, and, and uh, yeah, they just haven't hit on some of the guys yeah. and some of the guys haven't performed maybe up to their capabilities. Ian Bush is fine, going to be really good, going to be awesome. Ian it, Book. Ian Book. 
Like, yeah, did I say in book? In bush. Yeah, I said book. I think you're just you're picking it. Oh no, yeah. no. All right, and then, but you're the the big thing I'll say to look out for. First off, I like Jafar Armstrong at running back. Okay. Seeing him, he's put on a little like strength and power to look like a running back instead of a receiver. Yeah, he's a hybrid. Yep. Right. Chase Claypool is yeah. a freak of nature, and it sounds like he had a great spring. He's got everything focused on football. It's a contract year for him, right? Because okay. he's got a chance to be. Really, he, he could be a high draft pick if he blows it out this year. He is a freaky, freaky athlete at 6'3", 6'4". You've seen him. He's a, he's a huge right. man. It's like uh, it's Julio Jones-ish. Yes. It's that kind of guy. I, could, I mean, he's going to be a handful for defenses. And then they're going to need a guy like Chris Fink to be a handful. Yeah. Working the slot, winning some matchups on the outside. But I think Notre Dame is going to be highly competitive. I don't think anybody is just going to blow them off the field. You know, if you made me pick, I mean, two, three losses. I, I think that's about right. I don't right. think it's going to be anything more than that, but I, I, I really think that Notre Dame is a lot better physically than people want to give them credit for. Stop telling me they're Notre Dame and they're no, smart. it's different. Yeah. It's not. This is a different era. Notre Dame is sending out first-round draft picks every year right now. Okay? You can say what you want. And, and some second-rounders and some third-rounders to go along with it. The team is good. And they're recruiting with depth. Right. Because they've had these injuries and nobody's panicking right, right now. Uh, right. And they're able to develop guys like Chase Claypool, who they saw and they knew was a physical freak when they got him. Exactly. But they really needed time with him. Yes, they and he did. he needed to grow. He needed to mature on yep. and off the field. He's done that, and they think he's an elite number one type guy. I'm right. excited to watch him. Yep. All right. I'll bring you to Texas. Yeah, my man. All right. Is Texas football all the way back no, they're not all the way back. They're on the right, like, they're going in the right direction. You know, again, don't be fooled that they blew out Georgia last year. First off, Georgia didn't give a damn about being there. Georgia had one goal in mind, to win the national championship. When they didn't get to play in that game and lost the SEC championship, they might as well have gone on and sat on a beach and sent, yep. drank pina coladas. It was over, you know, non-alcoholic pina coladas for the younger guys on the team. But either way. Good. Good, good drink. There. Yeah, good. good I just don't want to get anybody. I don't even know. Disgusting is a non-alcoholic uh, pina colada. It sounds horrible. I don't even yeah. like a pina colada with alcohol, no. so I wouldn't even want to touch it. Um, Ellinger is a really good college quarterback. He can do everything. I mean, he really can. Not only is he a great leader, he's got a good arm. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, my gosh, it's a phenomenal arm, but can tuck the ball, can run, can make plays that way. You know, they're getting more high-end talent on their football team, but as you just hey, all you got to do is look at the draft. Texas still isn't sending out nope. first or second rounders on 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 uh, when it comes to NFL draft time. So again, I still think Oklahoma's the cream of the crop. Yep. And I gotta be proven otherwise until until that point. But I do think at least Texas will be relevant. When I say all the way back, I have high expectations for my old school. All the way back means we are a legit national contender. Yep. I don't think that. I think we are a legit, you know. Big time bowl game contender. Okay. But I don't think we're at national championship contender quite yet. Red River game should be a lot more interesting. Yes. And the Red River game could decide whether or not you make that jump. That could I mean, be. It, exactly it, it right. It will probably yeah. decide that. I it, mean. it could. Well, I mean, last year they did win it. Yeah. And they had to play them in the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, Oklahoma was like, damn, you got us this first time. You're not going to get us in this one. And, of course, Oklahoma's rolling right now. They got offensive linemen all over yeah. football. They got, you know, running backs all over football. Two quarterbacks who were just the first picks in the draft. 12 years in a row. I mean, come on. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. To have two quarterbacks, same team, yeah. back-to-back Heisman, right. back-to-back top overall pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're never going to see that. Maybe never because again. Because 
how do you recruit like yeah. that? Because you don't recruit with the idea that you're going to have two guys. No yeah. one's ever going to sit behind another guy. No one's ever going to sign on to be behind that guy. And now they have another quarterback this year who's not going to be the first overall pick, right. but could compete for the Heisman. Yes. Jay, Hurst is uh, yeah. yes. And if he's improved as a passer a little bit, which I'm sure he's got and a million reps. And they just win games and he's yeah, running around, making plays in the passer. Yeah, yeah I, exactly And the right. guy's a winner. Yes, he is. He, right. There's no doubt about that. Let's stay with QB prospects because yeah. we don't believe he's a big-time QB prospect. He's a he, he's the example of an unbelievable college quarterback right. who's a great athlete who we'll see maybe at the NFL level. Maybe yeah. a quarterback. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe a receiver, else. tight end. Who knows? Right. All right. QB prospects for you. I, I'm not even going to give you the list. I want you to start where you want to start. But start at the top. Right. In terms of the NFL, yeah. out of all these guys, is it simple for you? Is is I think two stand alone, okay? I mean, two. St- I, I hear a lot of, like, even from NFL people, there's three names out there, and I hear Tua, Herbert, and Jake Fromm. Yeah. Let me just say this right and up. And we're talking draft eligible. Yeah, we're talking about draft yeah. eligible. Yeah. And, of course, you know, listen, I don't follow college football nearly. I'm not deep in the weeds like I'm in the NFL. I'm, I'm almost topical, paying attention. I know Notre Dame. I know who they're playing against. I'm not necessarily all over every detail in football. Now, Tua and Herbert, I think, are – Leaders in the clubhouse or being in that conversation, who's going to be the first quarterback off the board? I think Herbert's the better player, the better quarterback, okay. the better prospect. Now, this is, going to, this is something I've heard from some NFL people. This is what's scary, and this is going to be, continue to scare teams in evaluating. Because of Andrew Luck, Herbert, Herbert and Josh Rosen, who people, there was a, ooh, they're smart. And oh, they my God, he's interested avenues. in other things. Yeah. He can think outside yeah. of a yeah. box. He yeah. goes like, oh, there's a box, and I can go over here and think about that. Whoa. But that's going to be downgraded in the NFL. And I've already heard it from people. They're scared that this kid has other interests and that if he did get, you know, beat up a little bit, he might just go, oh, the hell with it. Either way, his talent is special. He's got special size. Size is a talent at quarterback, okay? And then he can run. uh, I mean, he's a special athlete and a big-time arm. I mean, he really was. He really popped to me last year watching him in college football. Tua, I was – Probably not as high on Tua watching college football last year. When I got into Alabama film and players during the draft, you know, there was, of course, I'm sitting there and watching old linemen and sure. people. I'm going, oh, let me take a few plays and really watch Tua here. Tua's better than I gave him credit for. Okay. He, there is no question about that. He's got a stronger arm than I gave him credit for. He's a little bit bigger of a human being than I gave him credit for. And when he's not banged up, he's a pretty damn good athlete, too. Now, I've already heard from NFL people there, too. There's things to pick apart, and I don't know what that means. They, like, gave me just the old NFL cryptic language, which I don't know if that means something off the field, something about him physically that might not be right. He has dealt with some number of injuries. You know, I I do worry about the way his body looks at times. I worry that he can get too big, right? He's a very thick kid. No, he's a a young guy. guy, Young guy, you're right. You only get bigger. No, it's true. You don't see guys grow up and go, whoa, he's really shedding the pounds, you know? Not a quarterback of that. So I think those are things that are scary. But either way, I was impressed with Tua. And yeah, I just think as far as NFL prospects are concerned, I would go Herbert 1, Tua 2 right now. Okay. And again, if I'm wrong or see different, we'll we'll dive back into this during the season at some point. So he is the next Southpaw starting quarterback in the NFL? I, I think so. My I mean, God. I know. I mean, we're a dying breed. It's Save us, Tua. You don't have to game plan. No. I mean, you don't, I mean, it's just amazing. It's just it's totally fallen off, the lefty quarterback. It's completely gone. It is gone. I know. You're rooting for him at this I, point. I, I, Bring well, it back. I always root for the lefties. I do. I'm, I'm very partial to any lefty quarterback. But uh, I, I don't, it's, it's really actually a fascinating subject. I don't know what the hell has happened to all of them. 
Well, you don't have to worry about the right tackle as much. No. No. That's yeah. right. You keep everything. Yeah. <laughs> Put the money in your left tackle. Figure it out as you go. Right. And don't worry about the blind side right. on the other side. All right. We're going to do this thing where we pick one college team. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now it's changed. We a didn't talk bit. about from. We need to. Oh, you want to? You know, I just got to hit on it real okay. quick. Okay. So it's funny because we watched Jake from sort of grow up here. Yeah, right? we did. Okay. We saw his first start. So his first start, it was at Notre Dame, right. uh, under the lights. I'd say it was a road game, except for the fact that half the stadium was uh, yeah. in Georgia Bulldog yes, here. Yes, they were. Uh, they made that a road trip. They did. Yeah, they really did. A road but, trip home game. Um, and he was poised yes. in that game. But I think the idea was, even then, we didn't know that he would continue at Georgia right. because they had all these talented players. Now right. they've transferred. He's still there. Right. How high are you on him as a big-time NFL? I don't think as high on him as the public or the media is. Uh, Again, I think he's a really fine college football quarterback. He knows how to play. He's been taught well. He's had phenomenal talent around him, right? All of those things. I mean, running backs, NFL offensive linemen, Calvin Ridley. You know, I mean, you just go through it. I mean, he's had some studs around him, right? So – I look at Jake Fromm, and this is early, and I hope he proves me wrong, but I don't look at Jake Fromm as a starting NFL caliber quarterback, right? I'm not looking at him as a first or second round pick, right? I never looked at him and said, oh, he's as talented as Jared Stidham, who was drafted in the fourth round or anything like that, right? So uh, I think he is a guy who's probably a career backup for me who will be dependable and knows how to play and manage a game and do things like that, but... I just don't see enough high-end talent that's going to justify him being in that first-round type of conversation. Before we get to the next thing, which yeah. I'm excited about, I do want to go back to Herbert just for a second. Yeah. Had Herbert come out right. this year, oh, I know. Would he would he have been the second quarterback taken? Uh, I, I, I would like to think so. I had heard from a number of people that the Giants were extremely high on him, that yeah. they had sent people out to watch him in every game this past year. Uh, I, I would, yes, I think he would have been, it would have still been Kyler Murray and then Herbert number two. Wow. Yeah, I do. I think that's what would happen. All right. Well, yep. well, maybe Oregon's one of the teams that I'm going to jump on. Yeah, because we're going to pick a team. Yep. A non-Alabama or Clemson, which, listen, I mean, I know Alabama's had some serious injuries here, and perhaps people aren't as high on them as they were just a few days ago. That being said, I think they're going to bring freshmen in who are freshman All-American in those positions, and they're still going to steamroll people. Of course. Okay. I mean, the, the three teams at the top, they stand apart right yeah, now in I'm college gonna, football. I'm going to put Georgia into this conversation as well. I agree. Where I think, I think, they think we eliminate to. them. Okay, yes. we're not taking Clemson, Clemson Bama, and Georgia. They're out. And we know you they're all awesome. You have to pick another team to ride with Okay. the entire season. Yep. And this is your team. They're going to get in. They're going to get to the playoffs. And when they get in the playoffs, they're going to do something here. Right. All right. right. They're not going to get steamrolled mm-hmm. in the semifinal by either Bama or Clemson. You think – this is your team. They'll get in, and when they get in, they're going to give someone a problem. Who do you have? Who are you taking? Well, you go first. I want to hear who you're going to take. I am taking, and I went back and forth on this, but I feel like purely to annoy you, I'm going to take Michigan <laughs> because it's going to be very fun throughout the season yes. to watch this Jim Harbaugh experience go down once again, but it is setting up well, Yes. all right, because they have Michigan State at home. Right. They have Ohio State at home. Urban Meyer is no longer there. Uh-huh. Uh, he has his quarterback, and now he's telling me that he's going to use, not telling me, telling everyone that he's going to potentially use two quarterbacks. Right. Uh, which is always interesting because when one's a better runner, <coughs> then you put him in the game, and if you only run the football, then I don't understand the purpose of that. So perhaps we're going to mix things up there, too, where he's going to have that guy throw the football. Uh, I like what Michigan does defensively. I think if they improve yeah. a little bit on that side of the yep. football, I think if the quarterback play gets a little bit better, I think this is the year that they make it happen. They win the Big Ten. They get in. And 
I am fascinated because he put in his book, not directly, that the SEC was cheating, but essentially it's hard to beat teams when they're cheating and maybe alluding. Is to that right? I didn't know that. South. Book's coming out. It's not like the quote on a headline is going to look a little bit different than if you read it within context, right. but it's certainly it'll come up. Right. If they get to play one of these SEC teams in the college football playoff, uh, basically saying my job's a little bit harder here at Michigan. You know, because we're doing things this way. Oh, we're way. doing the right oh, way. Oh, the Jim right. way. Right. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun ride. Yep. And there are going to be some games that maybe are a little tighter than they should be. But that'll make it interesting for yeah, me. Yeah, right. And I'm going to ride with Michigan. You're going to ride with Michigan. Plus, okay. I know it, it'll just oh, it'll it annoy you. Crazy. It'll annoy you the entire Because I, I love yeah. Michigan, everybody. And this is why, <laughs> it, just to be transparent for everybody out there, I actually really like Michigan. I don't like Jim Harbaugh. Yes. Okay? So I'm not rooting for them to ever win a game ever again. All right? I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay? So thank you for picking them. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> now... I mean, I want to go with my Longhorns. I mean, I want to go with Well, them. why not? Yes. I mean, they're why not? squad. Do I didn't get a damn tattoo on my leg of a Longhorn for nothing. Yeah. Did you, you did it that? specifically Ooh, for this moment. I just got it. Brand yeah, new. Yeah, get in on there, John. Yep. Ooh, gosh, I need to put some lotion on. I'm a little ashy. <laughs> um, but, yes, totally on the Texas bandwagon. First of all, I like Sam Ellinger. Okay. And then he won over my heart when they showed the video of him last year when he was a little baby and he was saying, look, I'm Chris Sims. <laughs> I mean, you had me at I'm Chris uh. Sims, okay? So I really am rooting for them. I'm a diehard Texas Longhorn football fan. I am, and I like Tom Herman. I know him. He was there when I was there playing. He was a GA. Uh, and I just think it's this is a team that, feels that they're in the right direction. There's belief there. There is some young talent. We put a few good recruiting classes together. You know, I think we got some guys that legitimately can scare you at running back and receiver for the first time in a while. So I'm totally fanboying it with Texas, okay? That's just the way it is. I got to go with my hook and horns. I took a lot of crap a while back when, like, it was the end of Mac Brown's era. And I was like, they asked somebody asked me, you know, do you think they should move on? And I said, yes. And people were like, oh, you're such an unloyal asshole to Mac Brown. You know, listen, I like Mac Brown, but they weren't good for like two or three years in a row. They sent nobody out into the NFL draft. No, they broke broke no. the longest streak. My loyalty is to Texas more than anybody. I just hope everybody knows that. I'm not always going to sit here and just like kiss the ass of somebody I know all the time. As anybody knows me, they know that's not, that's not the way I roll. So I'm going hook them horns, baby. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah, and especially since you're going Michigan, like, screw you. I'm going no, to Texas. No, I, I love it. <laughs> uh, listen, and and uh, I don't have the yeah. animosity towards Jim Harbaugh that you do, and I like John Harbaugh. We've worked with him. Uh, but I just love, and I've told you this story, my wife went to Michigan, yeah. and uh, she knows nothing about sports, knows nothing about football, does not care. And when she was a junior, she was just walking around campus because Ann Arbor's this gorgeous paradise. Yes, I've heard. Campus, I've never and, been there. But and yes. she's walking around, and some nice gentleman walks up next to her uh, and starts talking her up. And he's in head-to-toe Michigan gear, but that's pretty normal yeah. in Ann Arbor. He could be just a professor, and they're talking about how lovely the weather is. Um, and he says, you know, do you, do you do a lot of activities? Do you go to games? And she says, you know, I don't go to a lot of games, but I love it here on Saturdays. Uh, everyone's in that school spirit mode. He said, what about you? Do you go to a lot of games? He says, yeah, you know, I go to quite a few of them. And they just continue to talk about pleasant things. And then she comes up to her house where her friends are sitting on the porch. And he says, hey, listen, it's been great chatting with you. And she says, yeah, you too. And she walks away. And her friend said, how do you know Lloyd Carr? It's awesome. It's the best. I love it. And it was I the, love that he just let and her I, sit there and oh, say anything. Because I think it was I probably the most enjoyable conversation right. Lloyd Carr had when right. he was there. Then I like to imagine what that would have been like 
had it been Jim Harbaugh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Wouldn't have been as pleasant. I can tell oh, you that. It would have been just great. Wouldn't have been as pleasant. All right, we're done. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think we went too long, but we went long. And yeah, that's just what we do. That's I what drove we do. all the way up here. Yeah. yeah, good. You might as well. Exactly right. All right, so Monday, all right, on NBC Sports Network. This is what we got going because I'm not working on Monday. It's Labor Day, and mm. it's, it's against the law to do labor, all right? That's what they told me, all right? But we got the best of That's PFT true. live at 7 a.m., the best of Chris Sims on Button at 8.30 a.m., and then we got Peter King's, you know, Football Monday in America training camp tour that will air uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern. So that should be pretty cool. Check that out. Chris Sims on Buttons, the best of that will be the best by, sh- by Am I going to be in that? Uh, I'm sure. I I'm sure. So. We'll, we'll find some nice. way to work you, Thanks, work you in. Sprinkly. I mean, you drove up here. We might as well sprinkle you I, in the best It's a lot of up. traffic to get up. I know. All right. Cry me a river. All right. We're done. Liam, you the man. Hey, Thanks as always. You. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, it was Happy fun. birthday. Hey, thank you very much. Everybody out there, you know where to find the podcast. Uh, YouTube slash NBC Sports. And then anywhere you download a, a podcast. I'm sick of saying that. Peace out, everybody. Have a good Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Be safe. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.